Welcome back to the Sunday Recap, everyone. This is Chris McLaughlin back in the studio with Ariel Eldridge and Mitch Green. What's up? Yay! Hey. We're really glad you're back. Oh, I mean, we, we had a great time, Mitch. Oh, dude, it was it was the best podcast <laughs> it was. ever. Probably, yeah. I, you guys did a great job. It was good. You know, we, it was a podcast. <laughs> it was a guys. podcast. We oh finished goodness. it. <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. Actually, I have been I've been uh, repeatedly um, very blessed by our listeners because I've had people come up to us. You know, I, and I know you guys have had this too, but telling us like, "Hey, we've been really enjoying the podcast. Uh, it's part of our morning routine." Uh, if it there's some people too, which I which I I love the accountability, but like Wednesday mornings, if it's not up, like. By noon, they'll send me an email like, hey, where's the podcast? I'm like, okay, I'm getting there. We so, have a very quick turnaround. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, but uh, I love it. I love that our listeners are are there and um, and really enjoying what we're putting out there. So thanks for listening and thanks for uh, being a part of this with us. It's super fun. So uh, today we are going to be wrapping up our uh, discussion of First Thessalonians, uh, Endgame. This is number seven, so we're going to be wrapping that up today. Before we get to that, though, do you want to uh, talk about what happened on Sunday? Uh, Sunday, we handed out T-shirts. T-shirts. Uh, yeah. Free T-shirts. <laughs> Mitch, tell us a little bit about the idea behind the, the, t-shirt, the T-shirt concept. Why yeah. do we do this? Well, you know, we just needed some merch. Um, no, so Scott, um, we needed merch. I, I was, so I was actually home. Church merch. I was, so I was home. We had just had, um, we had just had Graham and I remember watching a sermon that Scott was giving and he said, um, now's the time to come home is what he said. Mm. And then I had heard multiple people as they were coming back to church, they had expressed, um, that it feels like home. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, we just need to order a shirt that says something like that on it. You know, like that'd be yeah. a good idea. So um, we kind of did. Chris went all graphic designer, put together a plethora of great logos. <laughs> we chose one. I think we chose the right one. And then we decided, you know what? We're not just going to do this for adults. We're going to do this for kids too. Yeah. And we ordered shirts for everyone, and we got a lot more of them. Yeah. So if you're coming the next couple weeks or you aren't coming in person, coming throughout the week, grab your shirt. They're folded really nicely. <laughs> Uh, what? What? Yeah, Mitch, Mitch is saying that because he spent hours on yeah. Sunday folding shirts. I might have folded three hours straight. <laughs> you probably oh. did. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah. By so. the way, your delts are yeah, looking saying, really this, ripped. This right here is just <laughs> what you don't know. Motion. Is that yesterday at lunch, Adam Trotter, who used to work at Abercrombie, so mm-hmm. we're gonna go ahead and throw that out there, mm-hmm. gave us a tutorial on how to fold a t-shirt, mm-hmm. and um, it's pretty snappy. Yeah, it's but pretty quick. Does he do the thing where you like you pinch it at two points yeah. and then you flip it around well, and no, all no, no, of a sudden it's no, no. He doesn't do that fold. Okay. But he does but Mitch was fold. doing it. I mean, well, Mitch I had figured it like out, a flip. So I did not do this on Sunday because I couldn't do it well, but I figured out a way just to hold it the, the mm-hmm. way that he showed me and just flick it. Yeah. And yeah. I could almost get it done yeah. right away. It's amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. But it was also, yeah. But now your and now your shoulders are sore. Yeah, yeah, my shoulders are sore. So <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> well, you know, I think with the, what we wanted to really emphasize with this is that um, you know we are as a church, we are a church family. We are a a body of believers who have intentionally gathered. They in, intentionally week after week gather together uh, to be to be with one another and to worship our Lord and and being a church family. I think is such a key part of of being a Christian. You can't. 
you can't be a, a Christian apart from having a, a church family. That that's part of part of the experience of being a Christian, and that you are part of the body of believers not only at your local church but around the world and through all time as well, which is just incredible to think about. And so, um, coming home in that sense is is this idea that you know this is a little glimpse of what mm-hmm. heaven will be like. You know, we're going to be with all kinds of people from different countries and. Um, different languages who speak different languages from all time, and that's part of our church family. and And so, really, coming back to church, really in, in that sense, is a little glimpse of what it means to come home, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, um, get a T-shirt, rock it around town. Yeah, I already saw one at the ball game last. Did night. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've yeah. seen some on social media too. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got more. So yes. get them. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, hey, uh, this last week was the final installment of our Endgame series, uh, looking through the book of First Thessalonians. Um, let's just start with this. You guys, uh, overall thoughts with this series, what, what, what has been your impressions and what have you walked away with with this series in Thessalonians? Think with the end in mind. Yeah. I would say, that, I would say that's the main thing for me. It's just, again, having an eternal perspective. Um, you know, in the midst of what we're going through, the practical things that we do in our lives and how they relate to um, our eternal state and yeah. um, thinking with the end that there's going to be an end and knowing what it's going to look like. Yeah. Um, so I would say it's even it's more practical than just talking about what is the end going to be but yeah. focused on how do we live if we know um, what the end game is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've enjoyed the encouragement and the assurance that has come from this letter. Absolutely. And it's just been very timely for us as a, as a church body and for the world. I mean, just the, in our circumstances here on earth right now. And, and it's comforting to know that, you know, as a church, the things that we deal with are not all that different than what Paul was addressing. Yeah. 2000 years ago. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, um, you know, as we walk through a letter like this, it, it really, it grows in me a longing for the Lord's return Mm -hmm. in so many ways. Like I'm just, you know, with, with everything that's happening in the world with, um, sickness and death and injustice and, um, and all the things that we're, I mean, we've talked about all this stuff, but all that it does is it, it shows me, it points me back to scripture that over and over again, we see that when the Lord returns, that all of these things are going to be made right. And I'm like, man, I just, I can't wait for that day. Mm-hmm. And so as we get to look deeper into that, I'm just like, man, I, I, I just, I, I long for Jesus re- return. And, and, um, I really appreciated the song we sang actually this last Sunday. Um, it was one of the songs in, in the main part of the worship set. And, and it, it had that theme in it of the, just like Jesus and his return. And I, I was just like, yeah, that was such a good, a good song, a good reflection on, on all of that stuff. I don't remember the name of the song. <laughs> so or I wasn't any here lyrics. Sunday and I don't know the <laughs> yeah. set. But. I yeah. was folding t-shirts. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. should we put it in the show notes? Oh, we totally should. Actually, I'm going to look, you know what? I'm going to look it up right now. Cause it was that good. Um, so it was, um, dot, 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 dot. it's called even so come. Mm-hmm. Even so, yeah, yeah. I walk. I actually walked in when we were singing that song. Okay, because I was I was hearing it and I was like, nope, gotta go in, <laughs> gotta gotta see what's going on. So I just stood in the back folding shirts. No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> but yeah, it was just so good. Well, this last week, we looked at the very last section of 1 Thessalonians. This is chapter 5, verses 12 through 28. Let's go ahead and read this section. This section has a lot of short little verses in it because um, it, it's sort of Paul's conclusion to the letter. He's giving a lot of little bits of instruction. Um, and so, uh, yeah, would someone read that? We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good with one another, to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. And brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. All right. Thanks. So let's talk about the holy kiss thing. Yeah, really that's what we're zooming <laughs> in, right? Right there. That's the focus of the rest Mwah. of the podcast. Right. <laughs> what are holy kisses? What are not holy kisses? That's right. Mm, yeah. Mm, interesting. COVID. <laughs> No Frenchin. <laughs> well, it stones their, their elbow bumps. Elbow bumps. But yeah, no, we're not going to focus on the Holy Kiss thing. I just thought that was interesting. Um, <laughs> so Scott gave us a bunch of actually really practical points from all of these different things that uh, the Apostle Paul is talking about in here, these, these different um, really just little exhortations that he's giving uh, the people of Thess- Thessalonica. Um, but before he started into that, he did say something that I thought was interesting that I thought that we might comment on just a little bit. He said, um, that it's important for us to remember that the Bible is not about us, that the central character of the Bible is Jesus Christ. Um, so let's dig into that just, just for a, a, a brief minute. Um, why do we know that? How, how do we know that Jesus is the central character of the Bible? I mean, Jesus says so. Mm-hmm. himself. Um, he, I mean, he says that all that was written in the old Testament is about him. Yeah. Um, and then the entire, everything written after Jesus is clearly about him, Yeah. you know? And so even just, you know, just speaking, you know, just in the, in the structure and the composition of the writings, you know, Jesus makes the claim about everything before him and then everybody after him, it says it's all about him. Right. So that, that would be one way that I think we would know that. Yeah, so if you're looking for those references, we're talking about Luke 24 yeah. and mm-hmm. John chapter 5. Those are probably mm-hmm. the clearest ones, but yeah. Yeah, and so I, I think I think that's one way just practically. I think the other spe- aspect about how we know it's not about us is um, we don't see ourselves in there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and really, we are the only, um, you know, in 2021, really, 1900 till 2021, you know, the world became very isocentric, very self-focused, very individualistic. And the rest of the world, the history of the world, people have lived in a more communal sense. And so you may have, you know, struggled to think that it's about you and your family, but just now is where we're really facing these problems where we're saying, well, it's all about me. Right, right. You know, and so I just think if we looked at anybody else that's writing about the Bible, 
you know, any say what Christian literature was before, like say like 1970, it would have never been about an individual, <laughs> you know, but since then, yeah, it's been very individualistic. So in this sermon, I mean, Scott kind of set this up with a critique of mm-hmm. the very popular best-selling book, uh, Your Best Life Now, right? So, and that critique is, is looking at the, the work of Joel Osteen and, and that there seems to be from him this focus on really utilizing biblical principles in order to achieve the life that you want type mm-hmm. of a thing. And um, that's a that's an issue. I, I think that's an issue that's that we're seeing in evangelicalism right now. And so and so in, so he's he's countering that by by coming back and saying, look, the Bible isn't really about you in the sense like like what you're saying, like mm-hmm. Mitch Green does not show up in the book of Philippians and Ariel Eldridge does not show up in the book of Ezra or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like, like but that's where I'd want to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what's, but while that's true, and I think mm-hmm. what you're saying is true at, at, at the same time, we do see general statements in scripture that do seem to reflect the condition that we exist in. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess my question is, is can, can we have a better nuance here of in what ways is the Bible for me, mm-hmm. not not necessarily about me, but is it? How is it for me? Just to be human means that the Bible is for us because of the um, the headship of of Adam. You know that all of us who are human are um, we're under his headship if we are not in Christ. Yeah. And so as a fallen human being, we can see our fallen condition all throughout scripture because we all share the same condition. Um, but then Christ, and then, um, when Christ becomes your head as, as he saves you, then, um, then you're under this new, new covenant, this new family. And then we see ourselves in that as well. And so, um, the scripture is really, it includes all of us in the story in one way or another. Yeah. Um, it's just where do you where do you um, fit underneath the headship of fallen man or Christ? Mm. Yeah, and then Chris, I think the second component is that we're not saying that the Bible doesn't apply that there's not application for you in the Scripture, right? But again, it's it's done by reading. You know, what we're really arguing is that there are sometimes that people pull things out of Scripture to apply application for their given scenario, sure. you know, in their mm-hmm. life. And, and we're saying that there are things in there for you to apply to your life, but you need to also understand, okay, who are they written for? Why are they in that? What's happening in that context? And right. then how does that relate to me living out my identity that's now in Christ? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. I think we're just such a quotable society. Like we love little snippets and hot takes and yeah. tweets, and tweets. Yeah. Something that can fit in how many characters are yeah. you allowed now <laughs> or less? There's no way to tell. Yeah. Well, and I would even say, so, so, you know, we were talking about, you know, Scott was, was quoting, you know, a Joel Olstein book. So we've seen that a little bit in Christian evangelicalism, but um, I think even more recently, there's we've seen this movement in um, the business um, sector mm-hmm. where being spiritual is something that is very um, it's very desired. So like there's a lot of these young entrepreneurs that they want to be spiritual. Like, yeah. And so what they do is they read the Bible, but they read it alongside all these other books. Yeah. But all they're really trying to do is become more effective in their business. Right. And so like, I mean, you'll see it. Like I know some guys that like, 
man, they're they're all about themselves. Mm-hmm. But they're reading the Bible. But when they're reading it, all they're thinking about, man, how can I get something, some little tidbit that's going to make me more spiritual and therefore make me more effective in my business? I would imagine that that would be a very frustrating way to read the Bible because mm-hmm. as you're reading through it, you're probably going through long sections of scripture yeah. that you're are just like what all of it. What is this? Like, how does this? How does this work for my long business? Suffering. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but but I think that's that's kind of an indication then that that's the the not the right way to read it, uh, not not, mm-hmm. or not the right focus as you're reading it. Um, but that the Bible truly is about re- revealing who Jesus Christ is, and if it is talking about us, it's it's actually pointing to our our brokenness, right? It's pointing it's pointing to our rebellion against mm-hmm. God that mm-hmm. we are born in sin and that and that we need a savior, and that Jesus Christ is the is the one that is being sent to save us and. Um, mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. Yes. And I think there's a really good hermeneutic in there yeah. um, that we call the fallen, fallen condition focus that really, I think we stole from um, Brian, Brian Chapel. Yeah. <laughs> thank we, you, Brian yes, Chapel. Thank you, Brian Chapel. We know you listen to this. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you read scripture and you are, are trying to find yourself in the scripture, you are there, you're probably the fallen condition right there. That's right. Um, and Almost every passage has a fallen condition that it's addressing. And so that's how we find ourselves in Scripture. Yeah. It's a good way to go. I mean, as you're reading through Scripture on your own, maybe you start to look for that, to look for um, what what, – because the concept there is that if every Scripture is there to complete us, as 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 Mm -hmm. says, then that means that – that every passage of scripture then has has some way of revealing our incompleteness and then is going to help to complete us to, mm-hmm. to bring us to that point of you know that sanctification um, side of it so so um, so that would be a way to read scripture as you're reading through it it's looking for how is the scripture completing me Well, let's dive into uh, Scott's points that he brought up uh, out of this passage. The first was that he talked about God's will for you, God's will for our lives. And this one is really interesting because um, the Apostle Paul actually specifically says, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Yes, so helpful. I know, right? (laughs) It's like, oh, hey. Um, So the the passage um, specifically reads, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, this is just an interesting thing, because oftentimes when we think about the will of God, and Scott brought this up, but when we think about the will of God for our life, we're thinking about these, you know, these big decisions in our life about, you know, what college are we going to go to? What job should we take? You know, who should I marry? Things like that. And we're praying like, God, what is your will? And there's sort of this, there's sort of this sense in, in that discussion that, you know, you could end up making a wrong choice that's going to take you down a path that's going to be taking you sort of outside the will of God. And that's normally what we think about with all that stuff. Um, I guess my question is, 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 is that really a thing? Is that, is that such a thing or, or, or is, or is it more what we're talking about here, how scripture is talking about the will of God? I mean, I, I think it is a thing that, that, the Lord does have a will for you, but I think it is very explicit in Scripture for us, for every believer. Um, and therefore, when we're making decisions, we have the freedom in Christ to choose the next step for ourselves based on what is in Scripture, what's laid out for us here. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly what Scott was saying is to pray about every about everything, um, because 
you know, in that God is growing us and changing us into the image of his son. So there's a sanctification involved in praying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think that, um, there is freedom for the believer to, to know that, that the will of God is right here in his word. And that if, um, if you're making a decision that seems to be in line with that, um, and both decisions, both options seem to be in line with that, you, you have the freedom to choose and mm-hmm. God will be with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still fall victim to that, to that, um, misunderstanding where I'm like, but there's only one choice here. Right. Um, but man, sometimes both, both options are good and the Lord will go with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it's like, we need to remind ourselves again, not like what is the primary goal and aim of our life, but you know, Scott said, you know, we need to focus on not the question of what, but the question of who. Mm-hmm. And I think really what, what we're reminding ourselves in this sermon is that th- the primary goal of our life is to sit before Jesus um, That's right. and to be faithful to him. And so while you can, you can make decisions that are not faithful, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that your decisions <laughs> define if you're being faithful or not. So, so like, you know, it, you could sell your house and it could be, uh, you could do it in a way that's not faithful to God. Right. Um, you really could. Um, you could sell your house and you could do it in a way that's faithful to God. But it's not about selling your house. <laughs> it's yeah. about it's about being faithful to God. It's about seeking him. As, as this scripture says, it's about praying to him. It's about giving thanks to God in all circumstances, if it goes well or it goes poorly. Yeah. It's Again, it's about sitting before the Father. And so while there are decisions that we have to make along the way, we want to make it about those decisions. Yeah. And so, again, and then we're turning it back and we're, make, we're, we're really making our faith about us because yeah. then it becomes about, did I make the right decision or not? Did I accomplish the goal I wanted? Did God lead me to the place that I wanted, the position, the job, mm-hmm. all these things? You can make all those decisions and you can make them and not be faithful. You can make those decisions and they can go poorly and that doesn't have anything to do with your faithfulness or if you were being unfaithful. Right. <laughs> it's really just about are you seeking God and are you being faithful to him? Yeah. And are you trusting in him with your decisions and praying and seeking him and so I think we just need to recognize that what's the aim? You know, it's not like, oh, I sold my house and man, we were so faithful there. And you kind of left God out of the details. Right. <laughs> you sure. know, like that's that's that would be just as unfaithful as somebody, you know, who was like, I'm just, you know, trying to make all you know, it's just about recognizing that you're sitting before God in the decisions that you're making in your life. Yeah. I think too that when we're making decisions, we have this idea of success in our head that is um a misunderstanding of maybe what the Lord is doing in us in that sanctification process of our life. Absolutely. Um, and so we think if I make this decision, it might end up with frustration and hurt. Well, that might actually be what the Lord is using to mold you and gonna, change you. I was going <laughs> to say, yeah, sometimes exactly. the right decision leads to suffering, leads yeah. to being hurt in some ways. And that's, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciated what Scott was talking about when he, he was talking about the the pray without ceasing portion. And he talked about this idea of that, that what's happening there is not a continual, like I got to be on my knees 24 seven in my prayer closet type of a thing. Um, but it's cultivating an awareness that Jesus is always with us, that, 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 that truly that God is with us wherever we go. And and it's not because of what we do or what we don't do, but it's truly because of his faithfulness to us. Like he has in, in covenant, he has made a faithful promise to us to, to be with us, you know, that his desire is truly for, for him to be our God and we would be his people. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think that is, um, 
that is a huge part of this whole question because, um, because I, I think the implication is, okay, I'm going to make a decision that's then going to take me outside the will of God and then God's going to leave me. Mm-hmm. But God never does that. He never does that with his people. Um, his The whole point of his covenant faithfulness um, is that he is never going to leave us or forsake us, no matter what. And that's the beautiful thing about, about who the Lord is. And to be honest, that is a love that we do not know on a human level. Mm-hmm. We don't um, ever have a relationship that will never let us down in any way. Um, and so I think I think then trying to grasp the love of God in that, mm-hmm. in that, in that way is really difficult for us because we've never really seen that done well. Yeah. I, again, I, all, all the images of God that we have are going to fall short, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think, I think that's what we need to be careful of <laughs> in how yeah. we relate to him. But I, I think again, like just to simplify it, it's, it's, it's again, sitting before God, you know, is our, is our primary aim. (laughs) Like that's the goal. That is the end. (laughs) That is, that is the end all be all. And so anything else you're doing, if it's pulling you away from that. And I think that's why these practices are so good praying to God, even about specific things. Yes. It's going to center, you know, you to reflect on how God's involved in those decisions. You know, if you're praying continually, but it's also good, just an act of you submitting yourself to God's leading in your Mm -hmm. life, right? Mm -hmm. Just in doing it. (laughs) So I was going to say there is a closeness that comes Mm -hmm. with obedience that we see here in scripture as well, that just obedience brings this, um, this, um, I I guess I would describe it as a knowledge of the closeness of God. He is always close, but when we're walking in obedience, we can, we can feel it better. Yeah. In, in our human finiteness. Yeah. And there's a confidence that comes with that in just knowing that God is with you no matter what. Yes. So the second point that Scott brought up is God's word to you. So there was God's will for you and then God's word to you. And this is this gift that God gives us. And um, he really focused here on verses 19 and 20. Um, and, uh, and and just this idea that God has given us, um, through through the Holy Spirit, has given us his word, which is just an amazing, uh, an amazing gift to us. We cannot know God's will ultimately without God's word. Okay. Like, like, I mean, God's word really reveals to us his will, like, for example, like this verse or, you know, other verses like that. And so it is an incredible gift to us to be able to understand who God is and his will for our life and all that. Um, and then, uh, but I think that there's uh, also this other side of it that, you know, that Scott was talking about on on Sunday, this idea of that the Holy Spirit will prompt you to do certain things in your life. And I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've I've had that happen to me. I've, I've had that happen where it's like I just kind of sense like, a okay, I should probably do this or I should probably go over here or, or things like that mm-hmm. and, and seem and, – and It's like things, an urging. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess my question is, is, is this the same as what we're talking about when, it, when we're talking about God's word to us in, in that sense, like really knowing the will of God? Um, what's, diff- what's different about those things and how do we distinguish between the two? I think we have to be very careful with, um, with words um, and understanding that we, are, that we are fallen beings who can misinterpret the Spirit's work sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so whenever we use phrases like, um, the Lord told me, or, Mm -hmm. um, 
the Lord um, said that you were not right for me, you know, in a relationship or something like that. You know, if, Ooh, if whenever we make stab twist, <laughs> <laughs> when we make claims um, about our actions and put all the blame on um, on a message from the Lord, yeah, um, that can be very tricky. We, I think, we need to handle that with humility and with care, mm-hmm. um, and understand that our in our finiteness could misunderstand, misinterpret what, what, um, prompting the spirit might be absolutely giving, or it could just be a prompting from ourselves that we, yeah. that we misinterpret. Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, scripture is the, um, living active word of God. Um, and I think that the spirit is never going to say anything that the scripture has not already said. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and well, so I think that's what they're saying. I think that's what Paul is saying about the testing, um, testing everything. That's right. Yeah. Is to hold it against scripture and make sure that this is in line with what the Lord has already said. Right. So that, yep. I mean, it almost elevates then the, the word above those, those Holy Spirit promptings Yes. to not, not to say that it's not God doing that, but mm-hmm. it's saying, Hey, we, we need to be able to, they need to, to have a plumb line that, that then, yeah. yeah. That, that is in line with the word of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say, I would say why we have to be careful with that is because, you know, the, our will, you know, it, there, things are just so closely tied. I'm not going to get into the details, but I can give you a situation in my life three weeks ago where I was on a walk with my wife and I told her I am not going to do something. Like that is not that is not what I'm supposed to do. I'm not gonna make dinner. Yeah, it wasn't like <laughs> it was a bigger decision than that. And then and then within like a week, I really sensed the Lord leading me a different way, the uh-huh. exact opposite of what I said I wasn't gonna do. Yeah. And now I'm still saying I could be wrong, but that is that is those two wills are so closely tied. That it's like I'm just I'm just saying like I can I can make and I can think God's leading me to do something and be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. I thought He was leading me both ways, <laughs> and yeah. and I'm still not sure that I'm right. But it's but it's just they're so closely tied that we just have to be careful with that. Right. And so I think as you said, Scripture is the primary authority. It's done best within the context of community, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, too. And so yeah. having conversations with other believers about hey, this is the way that I think God's leading me in my life. And, you know, in the context of community with scripture as your authority, trying to work to interpret, okay, is this what God's really Mm -hmm. leading me to? Yeah, Yeah, that's really good. We've said this before. People have said, I think the Lord is leading me to leave my spouse because Mm -hmm. I'm not happy. Right. In the context of community, you have a brother who says, dude, no, that is not what the Lord is prompting you to do. Yeah. Because that's against his his word. Um, And so... That's that's so valuable to the believer, and I think that's what you were saying earlier with why we are not made to be a Christian on on an island by ourselves. We need to be part of the body. Definitely, definitely. Well, the final point that Scott brought up is that uh, the third gift that God gives us is God's work in you. So there's God's will for you, God's word to you, and God's work in you. And here he's specifically talking about sanctification. This is out of verse 23. Verse 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. This is um, just a beautiful picture of the gospel in in, in this in this verse. Um, again, it pointing obviously pointing back to the faithfulness of God to us, even though we are unfaithful, and that He is the one that will accomplish this work that is within us. You know, um, 
so let's let's maybe pause for a second and, and talk through some of the nuances of this. Um, for example, when it comes to sanctification, I mean, Scott over and over again mentioned different spiritual disciplines and things that we could be doing and stuff like that. What is the role that we have within the sanctification process when when also at the same time Paul is saying, oh, he will, God will surely do it? How does that all work together? I see it as a as a submission and and um, that was the word on the tip of my tongue. Was too. it? Yeah, so I love when going. we line that up. Was, that was the <laughs> word awesome. on the tip of my tongue. So keep going. Yeah, yeah, we're submitting to the Holy Spirit um, in in the sanctification process of um, make taking steps that are a yes to Scripture. Yeah, um, knowing that these are the callings of the Christian and the believer to walk in faithfulness and to um, to imitate Christ. Um, so we are, we are stepping in, in step with the spirit doing those things. Yeah. I, I, I love one of the quotes that Scott said on Sunday. Um, and it was, I mean, I think he made it up, but then I'm like, oh man, that's a quotable quote. So, uh, <laughs> talk about a culture that loves quotes, but, um, he said growth in the Christian life is replacing lies, uh, lies of the world with the truth of God's word. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's, it's systematically mm-hmm. little by little replacing the lies that, that we have believed with the truth of God's word. And that's, that's the sanctifying process yeah. within us. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it's coming back to how does, how does what I believe line up with God's word and how does, how do then do I need to change? It's actually just recognizing yeah. we are the problem <laughs> and we need to, we, we are the ones that actually need to change and, and um, conform ourselves to God's word. Yeah. Again, I, I just have this picture in my mind. Like I think of the little things that upset me and the little things that I get mad about. And I know that sanctification isn't just linear, mm-hmm. you know, and that we've talked about that before on the podcast, but I do believe that God is going to continue to grow me and form me in Christ likeness until either death or his return. And I'm just so thankful for that, yeah. <laughs> you know, not just because I don't want to get mad about little things, but at the same time, it's great to know that as I, you know, I submit myself to Christ, that he's going to work out that fallen condition out of me in some sense. It'll always be something I battle with. But again, as it says in this passage, it says that the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so I'm just thankful for that because I know I can't do that on my own, right. <laughs> you know, because right. there's so many things in my own flesh that just bother me daily <laughs> yeah. that I have to remind myself to rely on Christ, even in my frustration, to just know that God's working those things out. Yeah. Um, is really incredible to think about. Yeah. Scripture over and over again, I think presents that, <clears throat> that tension between, you know, our role and, and God's role within that. And, and, and Scott even brought up another passage, which I think is so good. Philippians two verses 12 and 13. And, and he says, therefore, my beloved, as you a- have always obeyed. So now not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, this is what he says. He says, mm-hmm. work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So that's, that's our role. We, we, we have to be working it out. But then the next verse says, for it is God who works in you yeah. both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So there's there's a tension there, almost a mystery of mm-hmm. of how those two are working together. But but um when it comes to our role, I think you guys hit the nail on the head with yeah. that with submission to 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 God's word and God's will. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna bring this up because I think it's so valuable. Um, this past semester, I was taking a systematic class um, that covered humanity and sin. Yeah. And 
uh, when you look at the doctrine of man based on all of Scripture, if we're just taking all the Scripture and putting it into this um, this summary of who man is, you see that God or God has created man in His image to be both a creature who is fully dependent on Him for right. everything and cannot make a move without Him, and then also has this honor of personhood to where man is allowed to have choice and thought. And, um, and so these things are held in tension all throughout scripture. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and I think that when we hold those out of balance, we get to, um, we get to have disagreements within the church. Um, and you know, this has come up before, but just this Arminian versus, um, reformed theology perspective on, on salvation, um, and other things like that. It is a dichotomy that that we need to hold in in balance and seek truth on. Um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. Maybe you want to cut it out. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> After I got to the end, I was like, I don't know how to tie it back in. So never mind. Sorry. There's some things that I think are very clear in Scripture. Uh, so I think you I think you're right. In, but then there's but there's other things that are that are not super clear and appear to be somewhat of a mystery. And I, and, I, and I think that's meant to be that way. Um, I think a great passage for this is Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, um, and uh, this one it it basically just kind of shows that there is that tension. He says, "The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law." So, so in that you you have this baseline understanding that there are certain things that God has not revealed to us. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's a key understanding for us because, you know, we, we like to have all the answers sure. <laughs> and we yeah. want to know how it all works. But I think at, at, at some level we have to submit and surrender to the idea that we're not going to know all the answers to things. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it also says that there are things that have been revealed and the things that have been revealed through God's word, so that's what it's pointing to, are the things that we're essentially responsible for. Well, where so, were you like three weeks ago when I was writing a paper on this and I needed nah. to... <laughs> that's a great passage. I'm so glad that you brought that up because you're right. There is there is revelation for the believer. And yeah. I'm, I'm, that's encouraging. That's yeah. so encouraging. Thanks so much for listening this week to the Sunday Recap. Again, if you have any questions about things that we talked about, uh, just reach out to us. We'd love to talk with you about it, and we'll we'll uh, we'll see you next time on the Sunday Recap. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. You want a third time? Yeah, we'll we'll time. We're gonna you leave that in leave there. That I don't know what's going on. <laughs> mm, yeah. Goodbye, everybody.